Yahoo Finance presents now is Hall of Famer Gary Payton. Gary, it feels like yesterday I was watching you on TV or using your character in a video game. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, hey, you know, it should be, it, it, it's crazy that you have a character. You say, I got a character on a video game. That, that's crazy. <laughs> It's true. No, it's it's. I I don't know where time's going, but it's good to get some time with you. It's, we we do appreciate it. And you know, I know you work in. Uh, you're linked up. You've linked up with Hennessy to celebrate 75 years of the NBA. You are on the list of the 75 greatest players in the history of this league. What is that like to be on a list like that? Well, it's a great it's a great honor uh, because what you think about it, Brian, is that what you say is is that it's been 75 years of the NBA. And if you think about it, 75 players, they pick one player every year to be with the greatest player of that, of that year. So I guess I'm one of them great players of one year and they gave it to me. So, you know, it, it's an honor. I never thought that I'll be in this situation or be anything. If I think about it, the NBA probably had over 30,000 players in the whole, the, whole, the whole 75 years or more. And they picked 75 of us and I'm one of the one. All I can do is be honored and blessed. Yeah, this is more of a fan question. Uh, as someone who has who watched your career, how did you get so good in defense? Uh, I think when I went to Oregon State, Brian, I, I think Ralph Miller put me into that. When I was coming out of high school, I was a scorer. All I wanted to do was score the basketball. But when I went to Oregon State, and our first week of practice was with no ball, and we were just playing defensive slides and drills and doing stuff like that and using our hands. And then uh, once we started playing and and my coach, uh, Ralph Miller, came over to me and he said, let me tell you something. If, if you listen to me with the great hands and feet that you have, I think you could be one of the greatest uh, defensive players to ever play this game. And look what happened. Yeah, he, he gave me that opportunity. He, he made me, he, he um, put me accountable to stuff and I was accountable to things. And, and then I just got great at it. And I think it was my, my mindset. My mindset is I wanted to be great. I thought if I could stop somebody, and I get 30 and they get 14, I've done what I did. I helped my basketball team, and that's where my mentality was. And when you look back, who, is, who do you think was your, your biggest rival on the court? John Stockton, by far. Uh, John Stockton was by far my, 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 my biggest rival. Uh, I wanted to be just like him, and I wanted to beat him. When I seen him and Carl uh, Malone be together and, and do the things that they did, and it was unstoppable, and they were winning basketball over 50 games a, a year, uh, I started telling Sean that we got to get to their level. And uh, once we beat them in, in 1996 to go to the NBA Finals, uh, I think it, it was one of the things that we overcome. We overcame them. And then and, and ever since then, uh, I've been a big, uh, a big fan of John Stockton's. It's been a fascinating time to be a sports viewer during the past two years of the pandemic. Uh, I, I, many of us, we've never seen anything like this before. Just focusing on basketball, how do you think the game has changed over the past two years? Do you see any changes? You always see changes, Brian, because the simple fact is, you know, the three ball is now the, the, the weapon. In my era, we were a big man. Uh, it was, it's more up and down. Uh, what I have liked, what the NBA has done is they stopped calling a lot of fouls and a lot of the three-point shootings when you let the guys get three, four, or four points. You remember at one year, we probably had over, over 100 four-point plays. That's crazy or more. That's crazy to let a player do that and kick and fall and do the. I think the NBA has, has locked down 
and they have shut that down to understand that, you know, let these guys play. I don't like to see superstars be on the, on, on, on the line a lot. I hate that. I think they changed that. When a superstar can go five for 30, and then all of a sudden he only had 10 points or 11, 12 points or whatever, then all of a sudden he shoots 25 free throws and he makes 23, and the next thing you know he's got 40. You know what I'm saying? I hate that. Get a defensive player an opportunity to guard this guy. And, you know, it's, it's young. It's athletic. It's a lot of things going on in this NBA. It's going to change every year. And we just got to go by the air, by, by our era. It's our era and, 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 and what's happening now. And it's just it's fun to just watch these kids get out and be athletic and play the game. Do you think we need to get back to more of the play in the, the bad boy era with the Pistons? Or is there some type of happy medium? I just think that we need to get back to these guys, stop these low managements, all that crap. I mean, shoot, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Get on the floor. You know what I'm saying? You're not that tired. You're not that. You know, you only work out two two hours out of out of a day. I just want to get back to that. I wish we could get back to rough basketball play where we don't have to go to the monitor every time you see a foul. It's a foul. I mean, they we're not trying to, they're not trying to go out there and hurt nobody or kill nobody or do anything like that. It's not even that type of situation. It's a contact sport. You know what I'm saying? I, I just hate that that we're getting that way where we gotta go look at a monitor every way and say if it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I've just come from an era where them kind of fouls, we just get up, get to the uh free throw line, make the shots, and then we come back down and we say we're gonna get you, I'm gonna get you back. That's all. It is what it is. It's just that type of basketball. That's what type of basketball I was into. But as we say, different era, mm -hmm. different. It is what it is. We just uh, but the NBA is still a great sport. I think it's the greatest sport ever. You know what I'm saying? The best, best professional sport to me now. You know, and and I just think that they're going to clean it up more and more and more. Adam Silver is doing a great job of cleaning things up more and more and more. And I think he wants fans to understand that and see that. And that's what he's doing. Is it almost an out-of-body experience to watch your son play? You know what? My son and I are real different. We're very, very different. I mean, he's a quiet guy. He's a sweeter guy. He didn't grow up like that. You know, your kids... Whoever, if you who are you are and who I, I who I am, your son is in the world with a silver spoon in his mouth. He's going to go to the prep schools, going to do all of that, whatever he's going to do, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I grew up on the streets of Oakland. That's just the way it is. I was on the playgrounds. You know what I'm saying? My son didn't grow up that way. So the best thing I like about my son is that he didn't go. He didn't get it the way I got it. You know, I I went to I went I went to the college and then I got drafted at number two. I like my son didn't get drafted. I like my son going through six years of being uh, uh, grinding, going through the G League, going through all that type of stuff. And now he's found a niche with the Golden State Warriors, which is going to take him over the top. So, you know, I, I just like that. But I, every day I see him, I don't see him as a basketball player. I just see him as my son. I see him as a proud father that he's got, he's, 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 um, he's succeeded in something that he wanted to do. At one point, people don't understand. About two years ago, my father, my son wanted to quit basketball. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's hard for your son as having a father of me because you always wanted to think about, I got to be just like my dad. I got to live up to what he do. And I told my son, man, look, don't listen to nobody. Don't listen to none of that. 
All you got to do is just be right next to me. As you see these pictures right here of me, if he's right next side of me, just say you Gary the second and Gary, that's your, my father, Gary. And we do the same thing. I'm very proud of him that he went to Oregon state to follow behind me and did a great job there. Now just get in these pros and stay focused and stay what you got to do. You're there now. So stay focused. And that's what I'm mostly proud of him about. What do you think kept him playing? <sighs> you know what? That's a hard question. I, I think the love and the, and the passion in here and me stand on him is like, man, it, you know, don't blame it on nobody. Don't blame it on somebody because you're not getting the breaks that you're getting right now. It's going to come. If you can play, you can play. And I just kept telling him, I said, you want to quit? You can quit. I said, but you, you're going to have to be able to do something else. What else is next in your life? And I think he went and, and sat down and, and he just thought about it. With all his talent that he got out here, the body he has and 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 the arms and the, and the ability to do things, I think he understood that, you know, I, I, let me give it a chance and give it a try and and and, and, and try to understand it. And I, and I think that's what happened. Has he come to you with any advice, or have he come to you ask you anything for the playoffs, like tips? How, Dad, how do I do this? How do I get through this? What should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? You know, Brian, that's a good question, but I, I tell him like this, please don't ask me that. I, 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 I want you to figure it out. Figure it out. Now, if you ask me a question about, you know, Pops, how they're going to be calling the game and do all of this, and I'm going to tell him they're going to call it tighter. Possessions become very valuable in playoffs. You don't have a lot of possessions. You don't have a lot of have a, have a lot of black holes in nothing because every possession that you have is going to count because that can that can make you win a that can win a game or, or lose a game for you. And you have to be every minute. But the, what I really want to tell him is that every minute he's on the floor, if he plays 19, 15, whatever, make it count. Make it the last, like you on the last minutes of your basketball. Good life lesson. That's it. That's it. And then you, as long as you've done what you can do to help your basketball team, don't worry about nothing else because it all come or fall. I can't have the glove uh, on with us and not ask about what in the world is going on with the Lakers. Uh, I, I mean, really. Oh, come on. All these players, all-stars, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famers. What went wrong here? Brian, but we got to understand this. Listen, it, it's one bad year. It, it happened. Everybody takes, uh, everybody has an opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So let me let me tell you about this. In 2004, when we teamed up, me, Carl, uh, Kobe, and Shaq, and we went to the NBA Finals, and they told us we was a flop. I don't know how a flop can be if you go to the NBA Finals. We went to what we did. We just didn't win it. But you got to understand. Carl Malone didn't play for 60 games. Kobe was going through what he was going through. And he didn't play for almost 39 games. Shaq was going through what he was going through. And he didn't play for 35 games. But we had a team with myself who played 82 games. And we still worked it out with Phil Jackson and made it to the finals. To the finals. Mm -hmm. And they said we, 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 we were a bust. I don't know what kind of bust that is because we, we, we beat the number one team in the NBA in San Antonio that year, and we beat them in seven games. And I don't know what it was, you know, but this team with the Lakers, 
You got a LeBron doing too much. He had a, probably the best season I ever seen him play. Ever. Over 30 points. Uh, it's yeah. just another amazing. Another amazing yeah. season. At the age of 37. Okay. That's just amazing. And it's putting too much on him. You know what I'm saying? So the guys got to come back. You had a lot of injuries. You had a lot of guys who were all-stars or whatever in this. I think Carmelo Anthony should have got used a little bit more. The main key for that was me was that I don't think Westbrook played the way he played before his before he got to the Lakers. I think it was a little something. He didn't play the way I thought he should have played. If you've seen him when he played on other teams, how he was dominant and how he was doing everything, it was a whole big difference. I think that was a key to what happened. And I think he should come back next year. They should be a car uh, held accountable. And I think Jenny Buss knows she's going to make that. I know her very well, love her to death. I know she's going to make changes because I know she knows that her father is in his grave turning over mad right now and going crazy. And she's going to make changes. She's going to make changes. So you don't see a rebuilding. You see a rebuilding effort or you still see this team that was on the floor this year coming back. No, I, I don't think this team on, on the floor is coming back. I, I, I think it's going to be major changes, and they're going to be major younger changes. I think it's going to be younger players, players that's going to be in a thing because they want to get these people back in the stands. They got to get the movie stars back in the stands. That's just what they do. That's what hap that's to be happening. It was a mis it was it was a, a bad year. Okay, it's over. Let's not think about this year no more. Let's think about how we're going to keep. Um, LeBron James for two or three more years. He wants to play till he's about 40 because he wants to play with his son. So we, we, we're good with that. So let's see how we can keep that and don't break him down that where he's only playing 40 games uh, uh, for the next three years each year. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to have it. And then we gotta, you got to understand, just, just, just chalk it up, get ready for next year, make some changes in your roster, make sure the people that's going to be happy, and then it's over. I, I don't even, people ask me now, I don't care about that. They had a bad year. So what? It is what it is. People have bad years. And now they just got to correct it. Uh, on the playoffs, are you a fan of the play-in tournament? Not really. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that you should take 10 players and do it and do it up, 10, 10 teams and do it. The first eight, you worked that hard to get one through eight. Why should you, if you're the eighth seed and you finish at the end of the year and then you get to get to play in and you got to play in and you fool around and get beat when you should be playing a seven-game series? Mm -hmm. I just, that one is is kind of, I, I just think it's because the NBA wants to, you know, make it more exciting. Mm -hmm. But I'm just not, I'm just not, a, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not right. a fan of that. If you are the top eight teams like we've been doing, because I that's the only way I've made it. It's the only mm -hmm. way we we've seen it. That's who should be in the playoffs, the top eight. Chumorphia, uh, I got to ask two uh, business questions so my boss doesn't yell at me. First up, uh, I know you're working with Hennessy, but you're also starting to do NFTs now? <laughs> I what am. got you in that? I am. You know, first uh, first I'm going with the, the NFTs, and then I go with the Hennessy. The NFTs is something that I've, I've just gotten a company in the bill with Kenny Lofton. You guys know that. Yeah, baseball player. Another one. I absolutely. Another character yeah. in the video game for me back in the day. Yes, very much so. Yeah, so me and him are being partners. You know, we've been friends ever since uh, uh, college. He played for Arizona, and I played for Oregon State. Pac we was in the Pac-10. 
So me and him have started something. I'm very new at this, trying to figure it out. Scary as hell. This stuff is, it's not, you can't touch an NFT. It's just out there on the internet somewhere. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. It's going to be something fun for me. And, and I'm just going to hope, I hope I can figure it out. With this Hennessy stuff, you know, it, it's the Hennessy, the official spirit of the NBA. You know, we're just trying to support small businesses who are Black, Latino, and Asian. You know, you guys, that the small businesses before the pandemic was coming, they would put their whole life savings into it. Whole life savings. Pandemic came and killed them. I walk around my city, Oakland, California, and I'm walking around the downtown area, and I see boarded up little small businesses where these people are struggling and losing their homes and losing everything because they don't have any money because it didn't come in during the pandemic. I hate that. I am very sad about that. And when Hennessy and NBA came through and they said that, and NBA is partnering up, we're partnering up with 17 other teams that's going to help these businesses. They have already been doing this. You know, the unfinished business, it's called unfinished business, uh, the program. Mm -hmm. They've done it from since 2020. They've gave $5 million. And now we're going to give $2.5 more million to help these, these people get back on their feet. We have to, guys, because I know if you go, Brian, if you go to your city, you're going to go downtown and you're going to see stuff boarded back up. It's and still it's, boarded. It's still boarded up. Still boarded. Not in New York City. It's still boarded up. Two years, man. And then we got people who are, uh, you know, business people and, and their recipients that are doing the above and beyond things to make impact in their community. They're trying to help, but they can't do it by themselves. They got to do it with us. And this is a start that Hennessy has done. And Hennessy is doing a great job. I know we drink it and do it, everything, but they understand. No water. No water. Yeah, no water. No water. They understand that they got to help these people. And, and that's what, but that's big for me. That's big for me. And that's why I'm on the board. That's why I'm on this stuff right now. I'm doing this. And we're going to make, we're going to change this. And we're going to get these people back on their feet. We're going to get these boards off there. Get all this graffiti off these boards, get these painted back up. Mm -hmm. We gonna get these businesses back on their feet. That is good to hear. Lastly, before I let you go, the best business lesson you ever learned. Did someone give it to you? Was it something you learned on your own? Fire away. I learned on my own. When I when I came, first came in the NBA, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get all kinds of businesses, put my money into a lot of things, and you do not learn about the business and you let other people run your business without even having anything a clue about it. Mm -hmm. No clue. They can do whatever you want to. And you jack off money, more money, put more money. I put, I did uh, a music adventure where I opened up a label mm -hmm. and didn't understand the business of a label and then didn't know how much money was going to roll in unless you have a sponsor like a Capitol Records or something like that, or somebody can do it and you try to do it and act like, you know, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Learn about your businesses before you do anything. Don't just say, okay, here, you know, $4 million. Mm -hmm. And don't understand where your investment gonna come back. Mm -hmm. How are you gonna make that back? What is, how is it gonna be profitable for everybody? And it, it, be, it becomes bigger. And when you do that, please, please, please 
learn about your business. Sit down with people, ask questions. Don't trust in one person. Trust in a lot of people. Ask a lot of people. When you did this, have you ever done this? Did this? How should I do this? How you do this? Just like with these NFTs. I'm doing the same thing, Brian. Mm -hmm. I have not put myself in no situation where I don't understand nothing that's going on because if somebody like you, Brian, comes and say, Gary, tell me about your adventure. Yep. And I do this. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you be like, well, what about... I saw the tweet. I saw your NFT tweet. I'm like, I got to ask Gary Payton about this. What is he doing? Is he in NFTs? I'm like, let's see what he's, let's see what he's all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's all. You just know about your business. Be smart about everything that you do. You know, everybody always say we get broke after we get out of our, our, our professions. Just, just protect your money, man, and make the right, right decisions. Well, it was a real treat to get some time with you. Hall of Famer, the glove, Gary Payton. Thank you so much. Much success in your future endeavors. I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Yeah, stay in touch with me, Brian. Anything you need, man, let me know. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.